What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode slash live show of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you guys want to call it. First live show today with the great Zach Gray. What's up, man? It's a great day to do a live podcast, and that's the first time I've said that. It feels good. I know. This is, so technically, this is like the second one that we've done, but really, it's the first because you're here. Yeah, that was a test. We were practicing. Exactly. It's exactly what that was. So... I'm excited for today. I love doing live shows. So if you, you know, I had the the radio show at Henderson last fall and it's some of the most fun I've had. So like doing live shows is awesome. So hopefully this is something we can kind of adopt and do every Thursday. Yeah. You never let me on it. Dude, it was complicated. You got to understand. Like it wasn't like this where you just call in. It was like way more complicated because there was like, there was one microphone that worked and then the second one, didn't always work. It was it was bad. Like there was a lot of stuff that I had to do that I just didn't know how to do. Your studio looked like a nineteen seventies like disco room. <laughs> it's because that's basically what it was. That's that's basically what it was. Yeah, I was like, this dude traveled back in time to the nineteen seventies to do this show. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, if the show had been going on in the nineteen seventies, it'd have been the greatest show <laughs> in the nineteen seventies. It's now <laughs> now we just have the greatest show of the the 2020s so I exactly mean, i mean give pick your poison but really? i mean we're still the best you know no matter what, which way you slice it no doubt so with that being said you weren't here last thursday so i was kind of able to come on here and give my opinion on the new baseball rules and things of that nature so give give me your rundown like universal dh what do you think starting with the runner on second base and extra innings just kind of give me your whole idea on all that yeah so the universal dh is a a long time coming i think um when i was growing up i always thought like there was something cool about the pitcher hitting and like i've always thought there was just more strategy and stuff but the more i've learned and the more i've like understood how baseball works it makes no sense for to have a pitcher hit at all Thank you. Um, I totally agree. Strictly, strictly just because, and I think you mentioned this, pitchers nowadays, like unless you're an unreal two-way player, like if you're a pitcher, you just don't touch a bat. Like the only thing that you can do with a bat is, are those weird tricks you see on Instagram. Mostly <laughs> like all pitchers like really, like they don't know what to do with the bat and to have them not hit for however many years and then have to come up through uh, AAA and the bigs and have to have to hit, it's just silly. Um, exactly. But, I'm also probably a little biased because the Reds have a lot of options at DH because they have 14,000 outfielders on the big league roster. Um, So I'm excited about that. And then as far as like the extra innings stuff goes, um, two things, like I don't understand why this was had to be done. I don't understand why it had to be done like that because um, I think you brought up a good point last Thursday, like just have a cutoff and have ties like, I mean, more than likely, the game is going to be ended by the twelfth anyway. Like, very rarely do you see. I know you see it sometimes, but very rarely do you see games get into the fourteenth, fifteenth inning. So, why not have a yeah. cap and, and do that? And then the other thing on that is, in college and in other like organized baseball that I've played, we've had that rule, and the best team doesn't win in that scenario. Yeah, like, the, the team like it. It really they really don't because, I mean. It, all it takes is is a sack bunt and uh, a blooper and like, what did you do there? What well, did you accomplish the right besides? <laughs> yeah, besides, well, the infield would be in, but what what yeah, right. what else did you accomplish? What did you accomplish that inning to deserve a run? Like, and that's exactly. where I'm at. I I totally agree. The only argument that I've heard that I really like about having the guy on second is you watch some games and when extra inning starts. It's whichever team hits a solo home run first, right? And that is kind of where, which like, I agree with that. Like you watch extra inning games, like that's what it is. And I guess that like, this is a way for them to end them quicker. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't like the idea of tying, just because I'm competitive and I don't want to tie. I, I want to win. And so I think that like twelfth inning, you put the guy on second if they haven't scored. That's that's what I would do. Because like you said, like most games don't go past twelve anyway. Yeah, I don't. I just think that, like, I don't know. I guess under 
what's ever whatever's happening now and the way the world is right now with with everything like i understand trying to get players in and out i get that like complete the games get them in and out we don't need guys at the field for until 3 a.m playing a 17 inning game i get that but i feel like there's more nuanced ways i feel like there's more nuanced ways to figure this out and i guess yeah you brought that up i guess pitching is is a is a part of that as well with a condensed season but like I said, man, like if you want if you want this season to stay true and to stay um, to, like competitive in a in a fair setting, like I, I can see a, a bunch of games like this ending because uh, because I mean without any hits or really any barrels, and I just I don't like that too much. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you 100. percent So now that we've kind of we've gone gone over that, I don't have any more thoughts on it. Do you? No, it's just we're just going to have to see what happens, you know. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, like, these are the rules that are in place. We should just be thankful we have baseball. But right. um, that one's just kind of questionable to me. But yeah, I whatever. T- totally agree. Totally agree. So big football news, right, which is good because I think, you know, after we get past this, two of my topics are basketball-related. But big, big NFL news with Cam Newton being signed to the Patriots, one-year deal, Kind of give me give me your thoughts on that, and then I'll I'll give you mine. Yeah, I mean i I don't think there's much risk for the Patriots, right? Um, yeah, I mean they don't have a young guy. I guess you can count Stidham, but they don't have like a like a guy they're looking towards to be the face of the franchise. Um, they're in a obviously a very big transition with Tom Brady being gone. I mean, what do they have to lose? And on the same end of the on the same side, like. Cam Newton's got everything to prove, right? So, uh, I mean, when you're looking at it, I mean, it looks like the perfect fit. I mean, a great organization, a great coach, and and at one time an MVP coming in and and having a prove-it year on a prove-it deal. I mean, uh, of course the Patriots pull this off, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like you said, it's low risk, very high reward. That's what it is, you know, because – there's the possibility, you know, their offensive coordinator, McDaniels, is awesome. Like, he is great. You know, so he's going to figure out a good offense to put Cam Newton in for him to succeed. But then again, my question is, like, I don't know if they're going to have the weapons around Cam Newton for him to really succeed, right? Because, like, their best receivers, Julian Edelman, and then the guy from Arizona State, I'm blanking on his name. Nikhil Harry. And then that's really it. Like, they don't have any tight ends. So I think that – you know, he's not going to be MVP cam. I think he's going to be solid. He's going to be a better option than Stidham, in my opinion. But I'm just kind of interested to see how they tweak the offense because I don't think he's accurate enough to put together, you know, 12, 13 play drives for touchdowns. I don't know, man. Have you seen his Instagram videos? He looks like he's he's motivated and, like, he, look, yeah, he looks like a I beast. I totally agree. Yeah, like, and he is. Like, he's a physical freak specimen. But I just watching him in the past. I think even you would admit like he's not the most accurate quarterback out there. And that's you know in the Patriots' offense, you have to be pinpoint accurate, especially when your receivers can't create separation. Right. Yeah. He he does struggle with accuracy, but like I think I mean, what's what's the best case scenario? I don't think anyone. I think obviously the best case scenario is the Super Bowl. But are we really expecting? Um, that offense to carry the team. I think they're trying to um, scheme the same way they did kind of last year with a little bit more agile of a quarterback. And I think that's, I think that could work uh, with the defense they have. They got rid of some guys this off season. And I think, I think their defense is still strong, but I mean, are they really, are they really counting on the offense to carry it? Or are they still trying to take that defensive model of, um, we're going to lock you up and we're going to do just enough on offense to, to beat you, you know? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's and don't and don't count out the fact that, that the Patriots, even though they have Cam Newton and could be pretty decent this year, um, don't count out the fact of them moving up to get a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence. That's I mean, they happen. have a lot of draft I'm banking capital. On that. I'm banking on that. They have a lot that. of draft they're, capital. They're they have a lot of stuff like that. I yeah, agree. I mean, I don't, I don't I think it's unrealistic at all. Yeah, I, that's you know a big theory that I had heard was that they weren't going to go get Cam. They're just going to play Stidham, go like four and twelve, and then draft 
you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but here's my, here's my problem with that theory, right? Like I think a lot of what I'm looking forward to this season with the Patriots is a lot of people attribute Bill Belichick's success to having Tom Brady, right? So this is kind of an opportunity for, for Bill Belichick to be like, no, like, yeah, that guy's great, but I don't need him to be a great coach. You know, so I think that was a big motivator in them going and getting Cam Newton. So I, it's, you know, I think realistically, you know, best case scenario for them would be to be the third best team in the AFC behind Kansas City and Baltimore. Yeah, I could see that. I still don't think they'll reach that. Um, but, I mean, I guess that is the ceiling. Um, realistically, the realistic ceiling for them. Um, just, I think when we did our predictions – I think I would go back now and change those a little bit, especially yeah, uh, I agree. in that division. Um, but, Same. But I don't I think, think it changes too much in the overall like um, landscape of like the playoffs or anything. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, they may grab like the sixth seed as a wild card. That's probably, you know, without looking, without going back and looking at my notes from that episode, if I had to make a bet right now, I'd say, you know, they're a, five or six seed wild card team. I still think Buffalo is going to win that division. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd probably agree there. Um, the only thing I'd say is like, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> like what if, yeah. what if we, what if we're, our ex- expectations are already too high and it just doesn't work. If it doesn't work, then Cam Newton may not be playing football next year, which is That's really sad to say too. Yeah. Cause he's super talented and it's like, he's, he's got all the talent, talent in the world. You know, he's just, he had the one year where he put it together and we were like, okay, like this is kind of what we were expecting. And then every year after that has been really average, I would say. And he's got a lot of miles on him too. He does. Several injuries, but you know, that's just kind of how it is. So that's, that's all I've got on Cam Newton. You, you got anything else on him? No, I think Cam Newton, I hope he has a good year. I'm a big Cam Newton fan. Best, uh, yeah. best college football player ever. Uh, for those <laughs> listening, so. Okay. So. Do you want to go first with your topic, or do you want me to go first with mine? It's it's up to you. I don't care. Um, I'll go first. Um, okay. I kind of want to get into it a little bit, if okay, that's all right. Good. Yeah, um, let's get into it. So I'm a big college football guy. Okay. Um, and I know you are too. Yes, sir. Um, okay. so, ew, dude, come on. <laughs> and put the boo in. Put the sound effect in with the boo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, here, one sec. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Um, let me do it again. Woo pig. Boo. Hey. Oh. There it is. Good. Good. Round of applause, huh? Round of applause. I wish I had control over those. Two and ten season, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that sound effect was brought to you by Podbean. Um, thank you very much, Podbean, for having this platform that we can record on. Exactly, <laughs> for yeah. zero people. Yeah. <laughs> You were saying though, um, yeah. So um, with all these like guys reporting back to campus and stuff, and having like individual workouts and all this stuff, there's been a lot of like a lot of coronavirus cases in yeah in those in those teams. And I I listened to a podcast um, called Buckeye Talk, and it's obviously about Ohio State. And um, they're, they've offered some interesting theories. They've said that um, they'll only play conference games. Um, one guy said that, like, because the MAC is in that same area as the Big Ten. I'm Like, this could go for, for any of the conferences. But, like, they would just play regional games. They wouldn't, like, Ohio State goes to Oregon, and that wouldn't happen. They would just play another MAC school. Um, okay. So kind of like, what do you think? when this is all said and done and it's time to start football season, this college football season, what do you think uh, the schedule will look like? You know, I love the only playing conference opponents. Cause look, like let's be honest, nobody watches the first week of college football because it's teams like Ohio state and Alabama playing, you know, Georgia Southern and really bad teams. And we just don't care. To see, like, like, like we don't care to go watch Ohio state beat a team by 50. Right. I do. And, <laughs> that's okay, but like you, you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, and I gotcha. It's where, like, one thing that I love about you know Division Two football is they only play the teams in their conference, right? So like from week one, you got to be ready to go. Like, there's no tune up. It's let's play. 
you know, and like when there's 12 weeks in a season and you're playing, you know, 12 other conference opponents, like the urgency that, that gets added to it, I think is awesome. The only question would be for these teams with like 14 teams in their conference, you know, like which, how do you decide which one team you don't play? Right. That, that, that would be the only question. Unless, you know, we want to have a 13-game season, which I wouldn't be upset by at all. I mean, I really don't care about teams like Arkansas and, and teams like that. Like, I'm worried about, like, how this affects the teams that would make the college football playoff, right? Because – Yeah. Well, yeah I, I mean, think I that – Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, even if you play, like, for these Power 5 schools, like, you play teams in your region – if you play teams in your region, like what's the difference, you know, between you know Ohio, like get, what's the difference between Ohio State playing Akron, right? Because Akron University is in the MAC, if I'm if I'm correct. Matt, yeah, they are. So, what's the difference between you know Ohio State going to play in Akron versus playing, I don't know, um, Nicole State out of you know Louisiana, right? Like either way, like it's still a fifty point blowout. But, like, I understand the travel idea and not wanting to go far. And I know that, like, for some reason, these teams like to schedule, you know, their one tune-up game. So I just I, – I really hope that they go to the – to nothing but conference opponent schedule. That's that's my well, hope. I don't know what well, they're going to do. Well, it does matter. It's not Akron or Nickel State. It's Ohio State goes to Oregon this year. Yeah. Like, that has that has implications. It does. In the college football playoff. And, like, if that doesn't happen – now, let's say one of those teams slips up, they don't have that one of those wins on their resume to, to maybe boost them into the playoff discussion, even with one I loss. Think, I'm, I may be wrong here, but I believe you know every conference has at least two teams, if not more, in, in terms of like the Power Five, that you would think could make a run, right? Outside, outside of the ACC. Like if Clemson loses, like let's, let's say that they go you know, nothing but the conference schedule, if Clemson loses one game in the ACC, like they're gone, they're out, right? Whereas, like, you know, like for Alabama, you know, let's say you, you know, you beat, you know, that you beat Georgia and then you beat Florida and then at the end of the year you get beat by Auburn. What's well, like, look, Georgia's really good, Florida's really good. So I think, and I think in the SEC, a team would be fine. Looking at the Big Ten, you know, obviously you got Ohio really. State. It's one team because whoever wins the Big Ten, whoever wins the Big Ten East between Penn State and Ohio State is the team that's going to get – that's most likely going to win the Big Ten championship game and get the berth. Well, I was so, just, I'm just naming really good teams because obviously like if you're playing your entire conference, you're playing teams on both sides, right? So there's Penn State and Ohio State, who I would agree are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Michigan's supposed to be good, but Michigan's always supposed to be good. So we'll see they if they suck. really are or not. They, yeah, no, it's great. It's great, isn't it? Ar- and, Michigan would beat Arkansas. I'm not going to argue that. I, I agree. I think that really, if we did the all only conference thing, the team that would really hurt in terms of playoff implication would be Notre Dame because they don't have a conference. So who would they play? Would they just play an ACC schedule? Yeah, but they're in Indiana. So, and if like the goal of the conference thing is to stop the spread, then them traveling back and forth from the East Coast to Indiana completely goes against that. You know what I mean? Should have joined a conference. Really, they should. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I think that like they'd probably play in the Big Ten. Would you like? Would you be okay with that? You know, it's like a one year thing. We let Notre Dame play in the Big Notre Ten. Dame, dude. I wouldn't be worried about them either. I'm I'm not worried about them, and we play them this year. They'd be the fifth <laughs> best team in the Big Ten. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Who's four? Oh, I always forget about Wisconsin. Wisconsin's really good too, and maybe even Minnesota. To be honest, Minnesota. Yeah, I like I like. Uh, PJ Fleck, I believe. Really I know his first name's PJ. Who? Yeah, it's PJ Fleck. Yeah, he's awesome. I love him. Uh, he's a really good coach. So Minnesota, you know, you know me. Like you know, you do it once, I'm gonna be a little skeptical. But like you do it twice, and I'm usually in on you, right? Yeah. And you know so that, like, that, that I, I sleeping giant in Maryland. You know that sleeping giant giant yeah. in Maryland. They that went, I've been talking about. They went and got to his little brother. They're they're gonna be solid. So like, oh, I feel like, so now, you know, like, let's now say, you're coming around. I'm, I'm, I'm around. It, it, it's taken me a while. I've, I've been sleeping on it. <laughs> I'm squatting on that one. I'll go back to that podcast where I said Maryland will be good, and I'll rub it in everyone's face. <laughs> but like, do you see what I'm saying though? Because like, I know you're concerned about 
being able to stack up these wins. Whereas, like, you know, if you're playing teams on both sides of your conference, you're going to have at least four or five tough games. Or yeah, maybe not but, tough games, but games against good opponents. Right, but I guess I, back to my point, like, what if – I mean, you do have a tough schedule there in, in conference, and you, you lose to someone, and then in a normal situation – you could say, "Oh, but I just beat Oregon on the road by thirty, or whatever." Like, what? I just beat Oregon on the road, and like that—that that win means more than that loss. We've seen it plenty of times in the college football playoff. Where yeah, I, I still think that you can still have that, though, right? Like, like let's take Ohio State, right, in, in the Big Ten. Okay, so let's say you know Ohio State goes out in like week three, and they play at Wisconsin, and they beat them by thirty, which is very possible. Right. And then maybe, you know, they go they go to Penn State and lose by three. OK, they said like, yeah, like it was a close game, but they yeah, didn't think you're getting what 30. I'm saying, though. They're on the same side of the conference. Penn State would get the championship. The, the, That's they would win the- gotcha. So what if because you're playing every team in your conference, you just took the two teams with the best conference record instead of doing the East and West or North and South or however you all do it up there? Well, I mean, I think you would play. I think you would play your normal East schedule, and then you would fill in the non non conference games with the West schedule. Um, okay. I think I don't know. I I think that you would still have to do the divisions to get. I mean, there's a reason they're there. I don't think they would completely scrap the division. That's what I'm saying. Like Ohio State, with regardless of the scenario, has to beat Penn State every year to get into the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. If they if like. If they lose a game in their in their side of the conference, like they have to beat Penn State. But let's say they lose to someone else, right? Let's say they lose to a Wisconsin or a, a Minnesota or something like that, and they still win the their side of the conference. They don't have like it, oh they lost to Wisconsin compared to Oklahoma, who might like you know what I'm saying? Like they might have ran through their schedule and had uh, a loss to Texas or something. So it looks worse, and Ohio State doesn't have that Oregon game to to lean on. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't really know how you fix that, man. But then, yeah, you can't. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just tough. Yeah, but, but then again, like everything's tough right now with this COVID stuff. <laughs> right, and I feel like that's what our conversations are about. It's just poking holes in the stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, that you're working. You're only working with so much. You can only do so much. Yeah, I agree. It's tough, man. I don't. I don't really know how to answer that. I don't know how you fix that. Because I understand yeah. what you're saying now. Sorry, it took me so long to, to get around to your point. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I might have. I might not have explained it the best. Oh, you're good. So I don't. I don't really know what you would do. But yeah, I just think the way the scheduling will go and the way that they decide to do it, I don't think there's any situation where a team from Ohio. And I know I'm. I'm not trying to just like boost Ohio State. I'm just using them as a reference point. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't think there's any way they're gonna it's going to be cool for a team in Columbus, Ohio to get on a plane and travel to Eugene, Oregon during all this. So, I, I mean, the way it's going to work is either they're going to reconfigure the schedules to make them more regional games, in which case Ohio State would not be able to play anyone uh, of Oregon's caliber, or they're just going to bang the non-conference and just have conference games, which is also opens up another can of worms that we just discussed. So, I don't know. I'm, that, I just heard that on there, and they were having. They had different ideas, and I just want to see what you had to say. Yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. I don't know what they're going to do, man. With all this code, it's all up in the air. I'm kind of done trying to figure it out at this point. You know? Yeah, but I love college football, and I'm getting very scared. We're not going to see any sports soon. We're going to play. Like they're they're going to play college football. You know? Just I was listening to, the, I can't remember if it was the Bill Simmons podcast or the Ryan Russillo podcast. But they talk about how, you know, like these bigger schools, like like Ohio State, Arkansas, like these Power Five schools, they're so big and they have so much money that they can survive a year without college football and still kind of be able to pay for everything. But these smaller schools, you know, like like your you know Akron Universities, like Arkansas State, Houston University, like these smaller schools, if they don't have football season, they don't have anything. So they're gonna right. play. Just, just because of how much, just because of how important it is for these programs to make money. So, like they're, yeah. they're going to play. The question is, is what it's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, money's always the big deal, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, this this whole thing might ha- might force their hand, and there might be some some big repercussions down the line because of it. 
So yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I like the theories of, of different scheduling and stuff. And it seems like it's so far away. It's two months away. Like it's, it's coming. Yeah. I'm with you. So can, can we kind of segue over to my topic? For sure. So here, here's my first one. I've got three and this is my favorite one because I think I'm really good at the what if scenario stuff. So I feel like yeah. this plays right, right up my alley. So I was listening to the to the Bill Simmons podcast, and ESPN was talking about it the other day. So I'm, I'm assuming that you've heard of this or you've heard about this. So apparently in 2010, when LeBron James made his decision, the number one place that he wanted to go was not Miami. It was New York, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because <laughs> it just seems like the Knicks come so close. Like they almost had Kevin Durant. Now we find out that they almost had LeBron James. And it's just I think I think it's kind of funny, but anyway. So I just I've been trying to think and figure out like like what would the NBA look like if he had gone to the Knicks? Because from kind of what I've gathered from all the information that I've been kind of looking at and everything, the plan was for him and Chris Bosh to go to New York, right? With no Dwayne Wade. So from what I have kind of figured is it was a uh, Dwayne Wade was like a look I'd love to do this big three thing, but the only way I'm doing it is if you come down to Miami. Mm-hmm. So I just. I want to know what the league would have looked like if there's if they had gone to New York, right? Because Melo probably doesn't end up in New York. Amari Stoudemire doesn't end up in New York. And everything kind of changes. So it's just – I don't know where Carmelo would have ended up at. Amari Stoudemire uh, – You don't think Melo would want to play – was you know, try to play with LeBron? You don't think they I were going to try to play together? I think, yeah, it's like they're good friends. I just don't know how they fit together. You know what I mean? Like Dwayne Wade was like a really good compliment to LeBron, because I don't think Melo and LeBron could play together because they they're both ball centric and they have to have the ball in their hands. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm so happy you didn't go to the Knicks. The Knicks are a joke, dude. They are. Well, did did you hear why he didn't go to the Knicks? He had a bad meeting, I think, right? It was just they didn't prepare awful, anything for the meeting. Yeah, just a dreadful they meeting. They didn't prepare anything. And so I've got this theory that, you know, like in the 90s and like the 80s, everybody wanted to play for the Knicks, right? Because the yeah. market, the, the market's big. You know, nationally televised games weren't as big of a thing. So, but like if you played in New York, you know, it's a, it's a city of 8 million people, right? Like it's, it's the biggest city in the, in the United States. It's twice as big as Los Angeles, which is the second biggest city in the country, right? So the market's big, and it opens opportunities for endorsements, which is, which is where these athletes really make their money, right? And so, but because you know it's more of a national game now, and you know I can be in Arkansas and watch Giannis play in Milwaukee, it's not as big a deal to go play in New York. So I think New York has this mindset of, oh, well, we're the Knicks. People just want to play for us because we're the Knicks, but that's not the case anymore. Right, and so Daryl Morley, I believe, is their their owner's name. He's got to get out of that. Oh, well, I butchered that really bad, didn't I? (laughs) Daryl Morley's the Rockets' GM. So Daryl, so okay, so Daryl Morley was the GM of the Knicks at the time then, and what I read. So, I think that you know the owner of the Knicks has to get out of this idea that everybody wants to play for the Knicks just because they're in New York. I think that that's kind of what's hurt them these past several free agencies. I mean, I think that's the least of James Dolan's worries. I mean, on the long list of terrible decisions he's made as an owner. Yeah. I mean I mean they're just done. Like they're like I'm sure I'm sure at some point they'll get a star player and you see what they did with Melo and Namari. They underachieved. Yeah. I mean that, that that organization is is all but dead in all reality. Like they're they'll I think they'll always live in mediocrity. And I think that is just how it's going to go. I mean, they haven't been good in my lifetime. So, I you know, mean, with all this podcast money that we're making, we could really go buy the Knicks. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, dude. Really? Dude, if I dude. had the opportunity to buy the Knicks, I would jump at the uh, jump at that chance. Just the because Knicks I know they're so cursed and bad. Yeah. Well, they've, they've got RJ Barrett, who I'm still not sold on. We'll kind of see what happens with him. But he's just in a bad situation. He is. He's a you know, he's a guy that he's a he's a slasher and a guy that that gets to the bucket and he doesn't have anybody around him that can shoot. And he, yeah, they already have Julius Randle. 
They have Bobby Portis, Go Hogs. Do you know how many power forwards they have? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, their whole team is a power forward, and then R.J. Really? Barrett. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Shout out to Julius Randle, though. He's pretty good in fantasy. Is he really? That's, that's Yeah, a surprise. top 30 player. Really? Yeah, I had him and Bobby Portis on my team. Bobby Portis got released very early in the season, so, I mean, <laughs> what else would you expect from a from a hog? <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> okay, so do you have another topic? Because if not, I've got this other one, and this is the other one that I'm, I'm really excited about. Let's hear it, dude. Okay, I, so I, I kind of have an idea. Here we go. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a few weeks, you know, Zach put out this poll on our on our Twitter at OT Takes. And basically it was blind poll. You had these two running backs numbers. One guy was J.K. Dobbins. The other guy was Darren McFadden. Long story short, people end up picking J.K. Dobbins as the running back that they would rather have, right? So I've got these two guys' numbers, okay? One of them is J.K. Dobbins, okay? And here are his numbers. So he's, he rushed for a little under 4,500 yards in three years, um, rushed for 38 touchdowns, had 71 receptions for 650 yards with five receiving touchdowns, right? So that puts his totals at 5,000 total scrimmage yards and 43 total touchdowns. 5,100 okay. yards. Is, is that not what I said? You you shorted him a hundred yards. Okay, I'm sorry. So here is this other running back that I want, and you just tell me which one you would pick. Okay, you ready? Did we do this already? No, no, no. Just you just listen. This is a this is not Darren McFadden. This is a different running back. You ready? So this other running back rushed for 3,900 yards, 43 touchdowns. Had 58 receptions for 450 yards and a touchdown over three years, just like J.K. Dobbins. Okay? So his total scrimmage yards would put him at 4,400 total scrimmage yards and 44 total touchdowns over three years. Now, based off those two guys' numbers, which guy would you take? Um, I'm probably taking I'm – probably, I'm probably taking uh, J.K. Dobbins in that scenario. Okay. Do you know who the other running back is that whose numbers I, I just listed off for you? Take a wild guess and say it's Bo Jackson. It is not. That's uh, that's that, that was T Lang's guy. This who's guy's your numbers. Guy? I, he's one of the greatest running backs to ever come through Ohio State. Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I'm with. So I I think that you would say that Ezekiel Elliott is definitely a better running back than J.K. Dobbins. Would, would you agree with that? I would say. That's what I would say. I mean, they're. I would say they're on the same level in college. Oh my gosh! Really? I mean, I just. I mean, I think that. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll let you go. I've been talking for a while. No, go ahead. Finish your point. So I just think that, like, I feel like most people would pick Ezekiel Elliott, right? Because I just, for me, like, you know, I'm a big eye test guy. Like, like you're right. Like your whole numbers tell a story thing is true. Like numbers are important. But at the same time, I think like if you sat down and you watched Ezekiel Elliott versus J.K. Dobbins, I think a lot of people would agree that Ezekiel Elliott's better. He's There's more one difference here. One one clear difference? difference in this. Yes, What's the difference? cumulative. Uh, you you can't compare a guy that only played two years and three years. I mean, I mean Ezekiel he played two and a half years. He's, he's given up, he, I think, he had five 30 games carries. to J.K. He had Dobbins. 30 carries. He had 30 carries in his freshman season. <laughs> 30. But the, the averages are really similar, though, in terms of like like yards per rush and he yards had thirty per carries. J.K. So, Dobbins was the main back his freshman year. There's that I that I'm throwing this out. Case dismissed completely. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was similar. a backup, a backup to Carlos Hyde. I would say if you took if you compared Ezekiel Elliott's sophomore year and his junior year to J.K. Dobbins. You take Ezekiel Elliott ten times out of ten. You take Ezekiel Elliott's numbers over anyone if you look at him for two years. He basically two scored years forty. Are, he basically had forty touchdowns and three thousand yards in two seasons. I'm with. I'm, oh. You see what I'm saying though? Because like, no, I'm just saying that eye test matters. And like, if you just look at career stats, then you can wind up picking J.K. Dobbins over Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> 
that that's not even close, Jonathan, because it's just oh, it's okay. not it's not comparable. One person was the main back for three years, and the other one didn't play his freshman year. And here's here's the other thing. My eye test, just... my eye test, and my stats compared to the two seasons, the two full seasons Ezekiel Elliott played and the two seasons J.K. Dobbins played. I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott every single time. But if you just do like, I guess you're right in the fact in the fact that if you don't tell everyone that they played the same amount of games or were starters for three years, like I did with McFadden and Dobbins, then yeah, you're you could get you could get murky there. But I I feel like the other thing going back to like McFadden is you know I don't watch Ohio State as much as you do, but McFadden's carries were split probably sixty forty in favor of McFadden with Felix Jones throughout those three years as well. But before everything else. Shout out to Michael Tracy. He's the guy who sent me these numbers and everything and wanted me to do this. Yeah, that's as stupid. Soon as, you did, as soon as you did the McFadden thing, you know I went and looked up Ezekiel Elliott's numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's just that, – It's all the same thing. So like, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I was just doing that because you know, we had a listener who asked us to do it, who, who asked yeah, me to do it. That's dumb. And, and it's different because, like, like I said, I, I don't think I have to explain it anymore. I mean – the blind pull with McFadden and Dobbins was uh, comparable in almost every single thing. There wasn't missing. There wasn't a missing season. There wasn't. It wasn't. They didn't. One didn't play longer than the other. They played the same amount of seasons, and that's that's in the one to one comparison. That's who. That's who won out. Now, I don't really know the point of comparing Ezekiel Elliott because you'd pick Ezekiel Elliott anyway, right? Based oh, on like, yes, yes, yeah. I was just so I, doing it because Michael. No, Michael's my good friend, and he <laughs> he sometimes just doesn't have the he doesn't have the wide view of things. He has one he has one like thought, and then any other thought is dumb. But I love him though. So <laughs> okay, last thing on this Dobbins McFadden thing because I I haven't seen I'm going this way. Oh, I'm just kidding. Dobbins play enough to know. Did did he split carries throughout his three years, or was he like his sophomore 80%? year? He split carries with Mike Weber. Okay, was that it though? Because one of my, I think that last thing on McFadden is, you know, he he did split carries through his three years with Felix Jones. You know, like I said, probably sixty forty. So I do think that that hurt his numbers a little bit. But yeah, like you said, like the numbers are comparable. So yeah. And like the, I, I'm still having trouble with the Ezekiel Elliott thing because I think every normal sports fan would pick Ezekiel Elliott over them both, right? Hundred uh, percent. I pick him over J.K. Dobbins, but then again, I'm also extremely biased because you know, like Dar- Darren McFadden is my guy through and through. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. If he, if you would have presented me, um, if you would have, if you would have presented it like, okay, this guy did not get a bunch of touches his freshman year, he didn't, he only had thirty carries his freshman year, and then you rattled off the stats and gave some context on the stats, then I probably picked Zeke, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. duh, am I yeah, am I crazy I for thinking that? Like, no, I totally agree. Like, look, he he rushed for eighteen hundred yards two years in a row. You know, J.K. Dobbins junior year, he he, he rushed for two thousand. 21 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I agree with you. I'd, I'd have picked Ezekiel Elliott as well. So, yeah. So, I, just, yeah I mean, I have a question. Are you like a little bit rattled right now? I, f- I feel like you are a little bit. I'm not rattled as <laughs> like, I just don't like, I don't like when, I don't like in, in anybody. It's not just you or Mike or whoever. I just, yeah, I don't like when people try to paint it a certain way to fit their. Yeah, and that's I, I'm with you 100 percent because like that's a big reason like why I don't like numbers is because y- you can do that really easily, you know, like you can go find some advanced metric that says Patrick Mahomes isn't very good, right? Like if you wanted to dig deep enough, you could do that, right? You could go find some advanced metric that says Jameis Winston's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Jameis Winston. Yeah, and. I think that, like, watching them, you would obviously say, no, James Winston isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't care that he led the NFL in passing yards, right? So that's my problem with numbers is that you can do that. You know, you can paint them different ways to make guys look better or worse than what they actually are. 
Right. And you, you have to know, you have to, you have to set a criteria first, right? You like with that whole thing, like it'd be one thing if those, it, be honest, if Ezekiel Elliott had those same numbers and played a full three seasons, who are you taking? Oh, Ezekiel Elliott. I, I, I'm with uh, you. No, no, no. I, probably, I, probably, probably J.K. Dobbins. Oh, you mean right? if he had only rushed for like the 3,000 yards and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I probably That's what I did originally. Dobbins. That's what I did originally yeah. based off of thinking that it was comparable to the amount of seasons they played and the amount of games they played. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So total – Ezekiel Elliott probably got I'm I gotta do the quick math probably around 125 less carries than than J.K. Dobbins did if I if I did the math correctly there five it's a lot. To, yeah it is that's that's half a season's worth yeah basically so yeah I'm I'm with you I'd take Ezekiel Elliott just based off eye test alone like yeah you you know where I'm at yeah that was good though. So, yeah. So this is my final thing that I've kind of done a little bit of research on. But before, we have to give a shout out to Podbean. Um, It's a podcast hosting site that allows us to do this great thing where we can come on live for zero people. (laughs) That's tough. If you're looking to start, it is kind of tough. That's okay, though. So if you're looking to start a podcast or if you're just looking for a place to listen to other great podcasts like ours, Podbean is the place to be. So that being said, here's my last thing. So a few weeks ago, you know, like we, whenever we, we put out the, the top 10 Tuesday, one of the topics has been like top 10 underappreciated players, right? And that's, that's one of the topics that I came up with. And it was because I was thinking about this one player who I just doesn't, who I don't think gets enough love for how good of a player that he was. Okay. Okay. So Pau Gasol is a fantastic player, or he was. Like, he was the perfect complement to Kobe Bryant, and we don't talk about him enough when, when we talk about Kobe Bryant, right? Like, like You don't I, think so? I don't – every – well, for rightful reasons, right? Like, when I say Kobe Bryant and you think about players that played with him, everybody's first thought is Shaquille O'Neal. It's right? Shaq and Powell for me. I mean – I mean, Yeah, but, like, nobody else say. says Powell Gasol. And so I've got, I've got his numbers up for his entire career. And he's a walking 18 and 10. Like, that is what he is. He You're is preaching to the choir. I, I'm like, but nobody ever talks about him, right? And when we talk about, you know, the Lakers, you know, Kobe's second two championships, Pau Gasol is not mentioned enough, right? He was the number two. He was legitimately he the was. number two. And he was, he was extremely important in that series because, you know, the Celtics – had great rebounders, right? Like, no, I'm not letting there. you get away with that. Not letting you get away with boosting up the Celtics after all you do is just like <laughs> take a <laughs> dump on the Celtics. Them. Hey, hey what? Just, real quick, do you hate the Celtics? Oh, dude, I – okay, here's my thing. I think that a lot of the – a lot of the LeBron fans – Talk about Do you the hate Celtics the Celtics, high. Jonathan? No, I I wouldn't say I love the Celtics. I love because Jason there's Tatum. I love I love the Celtics now. How's that? I don't wasn't a Paul Pierce guy. wasn't really a KG guy. But <laughs> I'm like, gonna go Celtics back. Now you have slandered Tatum, the Celtics. You you have slandered the Celtics over and over on this podcast, and I'm not sure why. I uh, when we were, when we were cutting out I've when we were cutting Celtics. Yeah, when the we were cutting Celtics. out the, the Celtics NBA today, teams, I love. When we were cutting out NBA teams, you were like, uh, you I were like the biggest teams. three markets. You're like the biggest three markets are Chicago, LA, and New York, and just completely they are. just those, those are the Boston three biggest cities the, in, in the country. Well, I know, but basketball markets, you said, and you if you don't put I just Boston in here, and look, New York, LA, and Chicago love basketball, so let's not be like I said the Hornets. Okay, Boston's a bigger market <laughs> than Chicago, though, for sure. You think so? Yes, they're title town. I, I, I can name. I can they have name all of New England. I can name they have three all of the great, Northeast. I think guys, well, New York, uh, except for New York. Yeah, they have all of the the Atlantic Northeast. I, I guess they do, but like, I don't know, dude. People love Chicago in the Midwest. You know, and Who? the number of players that come out of there. Like, there have been some great players that that have come out of Chicago. 
that I, I that has nothing to do with the market of, of NBA basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but I just back to like that. Like I think that, but you have to have a major team on each coast, and then a team in the Midwest. I, that's that was kind of the idea there, because like outside of Chicago, like maybe another major basketball market in the Midwest. I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think that's need. I don't think that's an issue. But anyway, yeah, I just needed to. I needed to to flesh out your Celtics hate. <coughs> Ooh, excuse it's, me. I I wasn't a fan of those old older Celtics teams because I, I wasn't really. I, I wasn't wasn't a KG guy. Wasn't really a Paul Pierce guy. Um, it's definitely not a Paul Pierce guy now. That guy's like I, I like to think that usually I, I do a good job of putting my bias aside whenever I'm talking about players that I'm not exactly fans of. Paul Pierce is just like no. He's like I'm gonna let you know that I don't like LeBron James. <laughs> that's, that's how he is, and yep. that, that kind of get uh, that, that gets on my nerves a little bit. But yeah, like the Celtics now, dude, love them. Like I love Jason Tatum. I'm a like Duke, I love Duke basketball behind like they're my second favorite team behind Arkansas. Love Duke basketball. So obviously like I'm pulling for Jason Tatum and guys like that. So yeah, I love love the Celtics now. Was not a fan of them growing up. But anyway, as much as I don't like the Celtics, I'll admit like Kevin Garnett was a good rebounder, Perkins was a good rebounder, but the best rebounder in the 2000 from in the in that 2009 to 2010 season in the finals was Pat Gasol. Like he averaged, I've got his numbers. I've, I have his, his his NBA Finals average right here. So he averaged eighteen and eleven in that series. Like that's really good. Um, Kobe Bryant averaged twenty eight, eight and three, which obviously like he's obviously you know the best player in that series. But the drop off from Pau Gasol to the third best player on that team, who according to to, to Basketball Reference was Metal World Peace. Metal World Peace averaged ten and four, and he was the third best player. Right, and that's then bad. you know when you look at that is bad. Like that's really bad, right? And then you've got you know the Celtics, who the best player on that team was Paul Pierce, who was eighteen five and three. Second best player was KG, who was fifteen and five, and then the third best player is Ray Allen, who averaged fourteen and two. Right. So and then Big Baby Davis, that's a throwback right there, man. Who was the fourth best player? Average 13 points and seven assists, which is better than the third best player for that, you know, Lakers team, which obviously like Kobe Bryant was fantastic in the series. But I'm just saying like Pau Gasol played a huge role as well. And he's not talked about enough. Like he's, he's arguably, I mean, I don't know where you stand out on this, but I think that he's like, if he was like eight through 10 on your top 10 power forwards of all time list, I'd, I'd agree with that. I don't know if you, if you would or not, but yeah, he was, he was too far off. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I agree with you 100%. Like, I know I personally don't look past Pal, but I guess if you've heard it, then, I mean, I can – I'll definitely defend what you're saying because it's true. Like, any person with a brain that likes basketball should know how important Pal Gasol was to those teams and just how great he was throughout his career. So I'm on board, yeah. bro, 100%. And then, you know – a few years ago, we had the the trade that got vetoed with Chris Paul and everybody, right? It had been a rocket. I just, yeah, and I don't know how the Marcus All for Pau Gasol trade was not vetoed. Like that is the most lopsided trade maybe ever. Like Marcus All ends up being a really good basketball player, obviously. Like he, you know, he he, he won a finals just last year, but before he still got playing. to Memphis, yes, still playing, and um, so is Pau Gasol. Which is kind of weird. He he actually no, I guess last year was his last year, but yeah, he he played for the Bucks last year. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> it's it's anyway. So, but like Marcus was terrible, and they end up trading for Pau Gasol, and I don't know how that trade was a vetoed. Yeah, I don't like, know. I mean, I mean, you can't say no to two brothers. <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. So that is that's all I've got. If you've got anything else, go ahead. I think the reason why we had such low viewership, and by low viewership I mean zero people, is I think three <laughs> o'clock on a work day is tough. Yeah, for I agree. I totally agree. So the original plan tonight was to go at probably seven or eight o'clock 
And for those of y'all who, if you haven't listened to the pod from Tuesday, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. I, I moved from Arkansas to Chattanooga, and my dad's a pastor. Fun fact, if you didn't know that. And so we're, like, we're at this new church, and hopefully no, none of them are listening to this. Basically, I, I got invited to this bonfire tonight, and because I'm new, I kind of have to go. And so, But I still want to go. If people from Tennessee are listening, I, I want to go. So I, I've sadly, you know, I've, I've kind you of... You don't want to go. Way, so. I don't know, no, Harry. Once we're done talking, I'll tell you why I want to go. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I've, I've got that tonight. I, I totally agree with you. We're going to try and do this later on in the evening. Um, I guess since we don't have any viewers, they'll all, they'll all hear this tomorrow morning on the pod. <laughs> this was live uninterrupted. This was brought to you by Bleacher Report, so – <laughs> that's right i mean you guys don't so, know this but we've been working we have we have million dollar deals in the works so they're coming but podbean has has liked our past few tweets right Come so we're, we're we're getting there maybe they can feature <laughs> us they really should i should really ask them if they could because we're, we're really pushing them man like we gave them two advertisement shout outs on the live show yeah come on dude run us our check Exactly. Like, we should be paid for this. Sorry, Podbean. I don't mean to be disrespectful. No, Podbean's great. Um, <laughs> follow, follow us on Podbean. <laughs> yeah, just, just follow us. Just follow us. So, all right. Um, follow us on Twitter at OT Takes. Um, follow us on Instagram at Overtime underscore Takes. And then leave a review on wherever you get your podcast. That's that it. it? I, th- I, th- I think that's it. I hope that's it. All right. I love you guys. All right, yeah, th- thank you guys. You know so much for for listening to us. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. Don't forget to vote on the Twitter poll for what we should do for our next top ten Tuesday.